You hear that jazz? It's time for the Nate Taylor Show. Fresh off an airplane from Washington, D.C. Nate Taylor, at by Nate Taylor on Twitter. Nate, big win for the Chiefs yesterday. Again, a little covering action against the NFC least. Yes, yes. Great to be back. Uh, Jay, do you, do you feel that our listeners probably want us to talk after a Chiefs win, they, they don't. They don't need another loss this season. No, they want to talk Whitney, Whitney Merciless. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just you know, if if I gotta go to Philly, if I gotta go to Washington for this team to do what it's supposed to do, which is you know blow out a team that they should. Nate Taylor Roadshow's doing pretty good except for the fumble in Baltimore. You know, mm-hmm. other night you're doing pretty good on the road. Hey, hey, they've won more on the road than at home. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just saying, even though they got more home games and road games this season because of the whole yeah. unbalanced 17 game schedule. But uh, man, what a, what a second half that the chiefs desperately needed. And uh, you know, I think a lot of people were pushing the panic button at halftime. Oh, you'd be showing you the text line and it, and, be it sure the text line? <laughs> and it's, it's okay. If, if, if the, if, if you need new batteries, cause you smashed it, or if you need a whole, you need to order a new panic button, but Hey, <laughs> No need to panic now. The Chiefs are three and three, and they have a chance to go on a little bit of a run. Um, because if they do what they did in the second half, uh, we're gonna see this team be more complimentary and be willing to get back to that swagger that we talked about the last few weeks, Jay, that had kind of yeah. been missing. You could kind of see it on the field in the second half. Well, these these next three games, they started off one and I'm looking at chunks of mm-hmm. games because Washington, Tennessee, and of course the Giants. You go two and one that stretch of four and four, and then you got the Green Bay Packers. So then it becomes a battle of staying above water, doggy paddling to stay above five hundred because they still consider this team one of the betters, two or three. I actually think they're the second best team in the AFC. I know that Baltimore and, and the Chargers say no, we, we beat you guys. Well, I mean, a little turnover problems early on in those games, mm-hmm. and you won the games. But tale of two halves, Nate. First half was a struggle. Uh, a lot of people down on the Chiefs. Chiefs were down on themselves. Yes. It, the way they played, the turnovers, they were beside themselves. I would love to know what happened in that locker room because I liken it kind of to 2019 in Mexico City mm. against the Chargers because I really feel that's when the light switch came on. I know Tennessee had beat them and all that, but really even Clark Hunt talks about that game at mm-hmm. halftime with the Chargers because then from there on they, they were a good football team, but the swagger was back, the defense – Shut out in the second half on the scoreboard. Only allowed 76 uh, total yards in that second half. Keep in mind, they forced three straight three and outs against the Buffalo Bills the second half of that game. Correct. So it's definitely some progress for the Kansas City Chiefs. But I felt like you did. The swagger became back because to me, Nate, they were having fun again. Like, instead of forcing and Mahomes, they were actually, like he was in a little shovel pass to to Travis Kelsey, whatever Mm -hmm. you call that, when he's running sideways and flips it to him. Mahomes doing Mahomes things. Like the first half, he had that interception that he wanted back. But again, to me, they were having fun again playing football. It was good to see. Now, keep in mind, they're the number one DVOA offense. They're number two right now, but they were number one going to that game. Right. The offense is fine. I got a lot of the offense is crap <laughs> and all this on the text line, which it's not. It was the number one offense in the league. Turnovers were the issue. Turnovers and defense were the issue. But I think the chemistry and the swagger, you definitely saw the swagger come back once second half started yeah and you know jay especially now in a long season where i think everybody our listeners included 
expect this thing to go into mid-January. The hope is that it ends in early February in, in, in Los, Los Angeles. But I think you're looking for pivotal moments, right? Uh, obviously, we sort of identified this three-game stretch. They've beaten Washington. They have Tennessee coming up. We'll see how they do tonight against the Buffalo Bills. And then they have the New York Giants at home on Monday Night Football. And then you get to sort of that, you know, the next level, you know, a, a boss level in the you video You got to love the Giants coming to town. You, oh, you have to. I mean, who they are. Yeah. They're going through it. Yeah. But, you know, it's so like, Tennessee hey. Tennessee first, right? one game at a time. One game at a time. But we, we, uh, we anticipate this being like, you know, the easy version. And then you level up to the boss when Aaron Rodgers comes into town. But we've identified th- this sort of stretch. And there's moments along a season where you need to say, okay, that was a pivotal moment that led to a team succeeding and meeting expectations or a team failing and being underwhelming and disappointing themselves and their fans. The weird thing, and I and I wrote about this in The Athletic, is one of those pivotal moments, Jay, happened when Patrick Mahomes forced it. Andy Reid acknowledged it, so did Patrick Mahomes. And look, guys, I mean, he threw a pass that uh, – no one should have business throwing. But it did lead to a moment where if your best player makes a mistake, and it's clear that Patrick Mahomes is the best player on the team, I've always wondered what happens because it's so rare. And Patrick Mahomes sort of was honest, honestly, in what happened in halftime. As you mentioned, Jay, what would it have been like to just be in that room and to see for a guy that's given all these speeches in all these pivotal moments – how the Chiefs sort of reignited Mahomes, and then that swagger eventually came back. Andy Reid after the game. You know, he's trying to make things happen, and, uh, you know, he, he admitted that it's too much, right? So it, not that he had to admit it. I mean, it was pretty obvious what was going on. <laughs> it was pretty obvious what was going on. Today. It the was minute. bad. <laughs> you tweeted out, Nate, your story that you wrote. Uh, new story, so many Chiefs past wins were ignited by speeches from Patrick Mahomes. Sunday's win over Washington, though, was driven by Mahomes responding to his teammates' message, you keep being you. And I felt that was really interesting And when he said this. I think the biggest thing was the guys kept believing in me. I think that, that was a big thing to me. I mean, Orlando, Travis, Tyreek, all those guys came right up to me, and they're like, you keep being you. Like, we, we know you're competing. We know, we know who you are. Uh, don't let that one thing affect how you play. And you saw it in the second half. I kept doing stuff, kept throwing – across my body and doing a lot of different type of stuff because I know those guys believe in me and I'm going to keep being that and keep fighting to the end. This Patrick Mahomes that goes on the sideline rallying everybody up. We've seen him do it in 2019. Hey, we're going to come back and win this game. Yep. You've seen the 24-point comeback. You saw mm-hmm. the comeback against the Titans. Mahomes has always done this, but roles reversed this time. This everybody else, keep being you. I thought that was really interesting. Yes, and one of the best things was I felt like Patrick Mahomes, because the Chiefs got the ball to start the second half, and he made a wise decision. He took, he took the sack. He, he did what he didn't do to end the first half, which was not take the sack, not live to play another down. But on top of that, not only were his teammates telling him, hey, we still got another half. You're still great. You keep being you. Uh, the defense showed up. Got to stop. So now all of a sudden the game slows down. I don't have to force it. I don't have to like, okay, I can just go through my normal uh, – you know, progressions, uh, I can be I, – I thought he was a little bit more diligent with his aggressiveness. And then I tell you, Jay, 
And this is what the Chiefs need in terms of their swagger and sort of getting their confidence and their aura back. When Patrick Mahomes does something creative, when he improvises, when the defense is like, what are you doing? And it works. It, it, everybody is energized. Um, I know people are wondering where was the penalty for Travis Kelsey blocking in the back when Mahomes is scrambling and running back and forth. Look guys, he, he threw the ball from the bottom of the numbers across the field to the other hash 30 yards on a dive to Tyreek Hill and Willie Gay, who's one of the more, you know, uh, exuberant players. Did you see what he did on the sideline, Jay? Dance. Oh, happy feet. Yeah, the feet. Happy feet dancing. I've never seen. Oh, my goodness. I've never seen this. In the second half, even though that play doesn't count because it was nullified by offsetting penalties, Patrick Mahomes had a jump pass to Tyreek Hill. He did the underhand flip. In the the Kareem Abdul-Jabbar over the head. Mm Mm-hmm. And for everything that had sort of gone, you know, wrong or had sputtered in the first half, um, when Patrick Mahomes plays well, when his teammates show him confidence and then he rewards them by going back to who he is as just this creative gunslinger um, and the defense isn't a liability, that's the team we expected. You know, it may have taken us six weeks (laughs) to have seen it, but we've seen it now. So, So part of this is, Okay, it didn't spiral out of control. Uh, They are the team that we anticipated them being for 30 minutes against Washington, and now we see how can they carry this on starting next week against the Tennessee Titans. Mahomes said after the game, the second half turnaround could have saved the season. The way we did it, even though it wasn't pretty in the first half, I mean, I feel like kind of hopefully will get us rolling. I mean, uh, we had another bad first half, and it could have spiraled right there. I mean, it could have, how this season's gone, the adversity we dealt with, it could have, it could have spiraled. Um, but I thought the guys, it was a lot of mental toughness to, to go back into battle and, and to go out there and believe in each other. And the defense, the way they played today, I mean, that, that offense has been putting up points. I mean, they, they, have a, they have some playmakers over there, and for them to hold firm while we, while we were struggling, I mean, that's what it takes in this league. It takes everybody. It's not the offense, it's not the defense. It's, it's everybody together uh, coming together at the right time to, to be great, and that's what we want to be. Held them to 13 points. This team averages 24.9 points a game. Does Washington, they helped them 11 points underneath their average. But, you know, are we going to be talking about this? Because I remember asking Pete after the game, hey, Pete, Week 10, week 11, are we going to be looking back to this week? Or week 12, are we going to look back? Or at the end of the year, are we going to look back to what happened in the second half? Because I know I kept looking back in 2019 to what happened in the locker room in Mexico City against the Chargers. Phillip Rivers moving the ball over the place. They weren't scoring a lot of touchdowns, but they were just doing anything they wanted on offense mm-hmm. until the second half started. Yeah, and they never lost another game, right? Mm-hmm. I think that's the pivotal point is that you want to have these key moments and then you want to – uh, capitalize on them, right? I mean, the Chiefs have been a team that has been searching, I won't say necessarily for an identity, but just for consistent play on both sides of the football. Uh, we have now gotten that. And, you know, for a defense that has struggled uh, throughout the port, you know, the duration of the year up until yesterday, they didn't make really any mistakes in the second half. Uh, there was one, you know, splash play, which was a touchdown to Ricky Seals-Jones. But for Patrick Mahomes to acknowledge, hey, the defense kept us in the game. Now we're doing our part, and hopefully this thing will move along to where Patrick Mahomes says, hey, maybe, you know, maybe these, maybe these creative plays are coming from a place of joy, coming from a place of, hey, 
let me give my teammates a chance because clearly, you know, they're supposed to trust me and I'm supposed to trust them. Not the, oh, no, I've dropped the ball. <laughs> oh, no, this guy's going to sack me. Oh, no, I got to do something. Like, <laughs> you want the, – the Chiefs need Patrick Mahomes to not be any other quarterback. They need him to be him. And, and what I mean by that is, yes, Andy Reid's going to have to live with the plays of, uh, shouldn't have done that. But you assume, and it's been the case throughout his career and on Sunday, even though he makes a ridiculous interception, he also has plays where nobody in the league can do what he does. And they just, they need Patrick to play with a sense of pride and joy and let me test the limits because he's got the teammates to do it with Travis Kelsey and Tyreek Hill. Uh, we'll see what comes along with Josh Gordon as he gets more ingrained in the offense. But when he can do something that no one else can do, it gives the Chiefs such an advantage, and it, it, it just it lifts them in a way that the defense can know, let's just give this guy the ball again. And you saw that yesterday where, hey, if we get another stop, there's no way he's going to make another mistake in Patrick Mahomes. And they went on three straight touchdown drives, and that is essentially the end of the game, right? Yep. Um, they turned a 13 to 10. What in the world is going on to, yeah. wow, that guy just needs to remind everybody how great he is. And the way he does that is he doesn't have to be a textbook quarterback. He doesn't have to be in the pocket. He can just work, continue to find somebody and yeah, do some creative, you know what that like, wow. I mean, it works and it deflates the other team and it boosts your, your team. It's deflating for DC. I was listening to their sports radio today talking about that game. They couldn't believe they couldn't score in the chiefs defense. They were talking about the, all the problems. This, this is what you do when you beat teams. You create that doubt in their mind. By the way, if you're keeping score, Jimmy Johnson, who would take Herbert over Mahomes last <laughs> week. By the way, Mahomes averaging 7.8 yards per completion. Justin Herbert, 7.2. Patrick Mahomes, 69% completion. Justin Herbert, 65.4. Quarterback rating, Patrick Mahomes is five point better. QBR, nine points better than Justin Herbert. I think we can... Uh, Put that argument to rest at this point. You're listening to Nate Taylor. Shall we come back? Talk about the running game. It was the least amount the Chiefs have ran in the last four weeks. Mm -hmm. But a lot of people still talking about Darrell Williams mm -hmm. in the in the uh, running game for the Chiefs. We'll talk offense, then we'll go to defense a little bit later in the show, but offense next. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mean, it's just every defense has a, a similar type of uh, style. They're going to put two safeties over the top. Um, they're going to they're going to uh, play a lot of zone coverages and then some man a little bit on third down. Um, and they're all kind of doing the similar thing. So I think it's more not necessarily more about me doing those those plays where I scramble around. But I think it's more about us having to execute and drive the length of the field. They're not going to let us have the big play over the top that you're so used to the, the us having with the speed that we have. Um, but we, we have to be able to show that we can drive the ball like we did in that second half long drives and get touchdowns at the end of them. There's Patrick Mahomes from earlier with Carrington Harris, and he joins them uh, Monday every week on The Drive. Full interview on demand, 610sports.com. This is the Nate Taylor Show at by Nate Taylor is his uh, Twitter address. We'll get to the defense in just a minute, but Patrick there was talking about CDOT had asked him about the blueprint, you know, kind of Tampa Bay, because Mitch Holtis had said something like that. That Tampa blueprint, you know, get to him with the front four, mm -hmm. not the blitz as much. And he's, we, we've talked about this, Nate. He's going to see, by the time this year's ends, he's going to know everything and seen everything. Because yes. they're all throwing different stuff at him. Mm -hmm. Is he finally getting used to all the stuff people are throwing at him at this point? I think 
it'll be fascinating to know where we are in late December because we've both talked about is is Patrick getting to the point where you have to treat him like he's Peyton Manning. And I know people may not see the same body type, the same play style, but mentally <laughs> and because of the offensive weapons around him, uh, similar to you know what Peyton Manning had in his heyday, particularly in Indianapolis. It's interesting. Um, every defense was trying to figure out, well, if Peyton Manning has time, uh, it's a problem. But we can't let him throw the ball deep because, yes, back in the day, kids, Peyton Manning could throw a gorgeous deep ball. Um, teams are going to try to steal possessions. Teams are going to try to uh, make Patrick nickel and dime them down the field. Um, and he was frustrated for a little bit. I mean, mm-hmm. he started to show it a little bit. Some of those picks he was throwing, he was pressing maybe the defense, you know, yes. a yep. lot of reasons. But he even admitted he was pressing on some of those picks. Very un-Mahomes-like throws. They've given they've 14 giveaways this team has. It's wild. And, and it's too many. Wild. And, <laughs> I mean, look, they've only played six games. So they're almost at a turnover per quarter, Jay. I mean, it's it's wild when you think about where they are. And yet they're still one of the top offenses in the league. But part of that is because I think Patrick Mahomes understands, okay, when it's on this situation, here are my options. And you saw it in the second half where, okay, if you're going to drop four and or you're going to rush four, excuse me, and drop everybody and play man coverage, well, one of my options is to scramble. Um, we're starting to see this more and more. Patrick Mahomes being efficient running the football uh, just as much as passing it. You know, even though he – didn't do it as much as he did in Philly, as much as he did against Buffalo. I mean, he still had three carries for 31 yards. I mean, he still had a run that converted for a first down on third down. I also think, too, um, even though he's not trying to scramble as much, as I mentioned before, he, he still kind of needs to do it to manipulate the defense with yeah, his eyes. Yeah, he upset total at the end of the day when you look at the box score. Yes, he does. Yes, he does. So I think as teams decide to blitz him less, he will understand throwing windows. He'll understand timing. And when it's not there, he's used his legs in, I think, a manner that is both efficient, wise, and he hasn't exposed himself to the type of hits that can obviously disrupt the season or could get him hurt in a similar case that's going on right now in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield. So um, he's such a dual threat, but I think mentally um, it's going to be a fun chess match moving forward because I don't necessarily know what you do if you don't force a turnover. And as long as Mahomes cuts down – even a little bit on the rush decisions or the idea of forcing it, um, he's going to mentally be in a place where he will have mastered much of what an NFL defense can present in front of him. It's very un Andy Reid like. I, I went back in 2009, the year the Saints won it, just because their defense wasn't that great. It was bottom third of the NFL, mm. but they were getting turnovers. They were plus 10. So they're bad defense, but they were getting turnovers. Right. They're and opportunistic. They were saying that's where the Chiefs need to get to. And by the way, the team right ahead of them at plus 15 was the Eagles with Andy Reid. So this is uncommon for what uh, Andy Reid's teams do. But at halftime, you don't need after the game, Andy Reid, enough's enough. I just think the guys put their mind to it and bared down and, you know, kind of enough's enough. And, um, you know, there's a point where you have to do that. I, I thought they did a nice job. With- I mean, he can't go all high school coach here and make him carry a football around all day <laughs> to class. I mean, depth is what it is. And sometimes you have to stick. Just like we stuck with Kareem Hunt a few years ago when he fumbled New England. Stuck with him. Yes. He, he stuck with Clyde. Yeah, there is some depth issues, and you could p- play some other guys. But for the most part, guys need to clean it up themselves. The turnovers are a problem. They're, my, they're the second-worst turnover ratio in the NFL. Andy Reid says enough's enough. So the players are saying enough's enough. 
when it comes to these turnovers. Are you buying it? Because they kind of had this mantra going into this game, but yet still turned it over three times. I really thought this was going to be the game they're going to start cleaning that because it's been a problem all year. Yeah. But still, they did turn the ball over three times against Washington. I think there are two factors that the Chiefs should feel at least confident in going forward. What they should, you know, and I'm being optimistic, ladies and gentlemen, but what they should strive for is what they did in Philly. Now, does Philly have the best defense? No. Does Washington have the best defense? No. But what the difference between the Washington win and the Philly win was the Chiefs had one turnover. It was Patrick Mahomes' interception to start the second half, and then that was it. And then they scored touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. So that's what they should hope for. Will they have a lot of games moving forward in these next 11 where they're going to be a clean sheet in the turnover department? Well, their uh, sample size so far suggests not. (laughs) But they should try to mitigate the damage. And so that's what was, I guess, concerning in the first half against Washington was, yes, Tyreek Hill slipped a few times. He, he did not catch a pass. Patrick made a rushed, irrational, ill-advised decision. Uh, Miko Hardman, a guy who has had plenty of opportunities running with the football in crowds as a punt returner, makes a simple mistake and doesn't protect the ball uh, when he anticipates, obviously, the defender making contact. What you hope is... One turnover, if that has to be the case, if a defensive player makes a great play, such as Gregory Russo, do not let it spiral, as Patrick said. Turk Wharton said, hold my beer, Gregory. What a, what a play. What a play. And then the, the second point, Jay, you know who hasn't turned the ball over this season? And why Chiefs fans may be sliding in his direction in terms of love and adulation and Let's get him more touches, and he's also effective in the red zone, including yesterday's game. You know who that person is? Darrell Williams has yet to fumble the football. Well, Kelsey really hadn't either, and he's he's had some years. issues, yeah. yeah, but not as many as his... right, yeah. But I think yeah, for Darryl. this for this running game, even though like you mentioned earlier, it didn't have the same production that it had previously, mostly because no, it's their least running. Ch- performance as a team in the last four games. Yeah, and, and part of that is because you don't have the one-two push with Clyde being out, of course. And Daryl got three yards of carry, but it seemed to be effective carries near the goal line. Now, yes. Now, what you see different? Because, okay, Chargers, it's a bad run defense. It's worse than the NFL. They mm-hmm. ran for 186. Ran for 200 against Philly. That's one of the worst run defenses. They had 120 against the Bills. 109, Mahomes again, accounted for 30, yep. 31 of those yards. If Mahomes didn't run the ball, they, they would have been pretty bad in the box scores, team running. What about Daryl Williams? What part of Daryl Williams did you like? Uh, he moves forward when the pile is there. So more decisive. The pile moves forward. He's a little bit more decisive. He's sure-handed too. He's not the most explosive, but I think um, he runs with a grittiness, with a determination. Uh, he's obviously bigger than Clyde, and so he has to use what his God-given abilities are on display. And so I just think um, there was no real f- – Fretting, I I wonder, and I ask this question to Chiefs fans, if it's fourth and one, if it's third and one, if it's third and two, if it's third and goal from the three, who are you more confident with? Who has had a better success with the football? Is it Clyde or is it Daryl? I think a lot of Chiefs fans are trending towards the latter and saying mm-hmm. that Daryl Williams, although he may – you know, and he had a nice 11-yard running game. That was his longest uh, of yesterday's uh, win. But when he 
sees the goal line, he gets through it quite often. And in short yardage situations, I've always felt like Daryl Williams was probably a better player just because of his size and his ability to just be decisive, not hesitating. And so this may bode well for the Chiefs in the future, right? If Daryl Williams continues to play well, if the Chiefs continue to win, that'll obviously give him more experience, and it'll motivate Clyde when he comes back in to where you have two running backs, you know, hopefully performing at a high level uh, and using their strengths uh, collectively, although they are different. I, I, I get the sense, I, I get the feel that Chiefs fans are like, this Daryl Williams guy is fine because Patrick's going to get us down into the goal line, and can I trust a running back to get us uh, in the end zone running the football just as much as passing it to keep the defense honest? It seems to be a little bit of a difference having Tooney up there. Evan Orlando Brown, that was a road grader in Baltimore. I mean, he's mm-hmm. part of that offensive line that had the most running yards in the history of the NFL. He was part of that group. Yep. And you got Trey Smith that's a road grader. And you had Rimmers instead of Niang in this game. Even though Chase Young says Niang was the best offensive line he ever faced in college, but obviously mm-hmm. the hamstring issue with Lucas Niang. But, again, you've got road graders. And that seems a little bit easier to get for the Chiefs to short yardage this year than it has in the past. Yeah, and – you don't have to be necessarily as creative, right? You don't have to be so much razzle-dazzle or misdirection. Um, one of the more impressive plays, honestly, was in the was in the second half when they're going on their streak. Patrick has clearly led them down the field, and it's time to, like, you know, and I think some Chiefs fans need to understand this, like, hey, even though you have the best quarterback in the world and even though he's on fire at the moment, every quarterback needs a rest, a breather, hand the ball off, let us see – what happens, and I just think Daryl getting contact on first and goal from the three and just driving through it into the end zone was, I thought, a, a real, like, huh, <laughs> like that's that's pretty good. And you saw what the offensive linemen did. They were fired up because even though, as you mentioned, all those guys are above average run blockers, I wouldn't say most of them won that rep, but Daryl just kept his legs moving and the momentum led them into the end zone. And then you just saw, I mean, look, Mike Rimmers hadn't played all year, so you know he was fired up. And he really gave a lot of praise to Daryl in that moment just because um, even though there was no clear hole, he still found a way to get in the end zone. There is value in doing that. Um, when you know that the defense is like, we, we, we think you can run, we would love for you to run because that guy's not slinging it. And, oh, we, we still gave up a touchdown. <laughs> Well, I want to talk more about that defense going forward. Thornhill in instead of Thor, uh, of Sorensen in that secondary. How much difference did it make? And how many of these pieces do you look as long-term pieces or how much flipping this defense is going to have to do? We'll talk about that stuff next on the Nate Taylor Show. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7, on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. I mean, they love it when I go crazy. Um, <laughs> I don't know why, uh, but they love it. Uh, my coaches like it. Um, so, but I mean, obviously, as a player, you try to grow in this league, um, and you try to continue to, to get better and keep a big picture perspective. But um, you know, obviously, I, I felt like we put in a lot of good work this week, um, and I thought the goal was to hold those guys to ten points or under. So I think anytime you don't reach your goals. Um, yeah, it kind of pissed me off a little bit. It's the Honey Badger after the game. It was animated during the game. Says the coaches like it. The players like it. I'll put it this way. 
I don't think he's doing anything different than people are doing on their couch, watching the game, <laughs> throwing their hands in the air, saying, what's going on defense? He just happens to be playing for that team. Uh, guys are different when they're so competitive, mm-hmm. and he's one of those guys that's competitive. It doesn't bother me how animated he gets, yelling at his teammates, because I think a lot of people would like to be Tyron Matthew at certain times, yelling at the defense. It did seem to fire them up. Whether yeah. you like it or not, his teammates and coaches are fine with it. Yes. Um, leadership comes in all shapes and sizes and and obviously examples. And I just think for, for Tyron Matthew to understand that, uh, yes, the defense hasn't played well, but he wants to see marketable improvement. And I think, as we've talked about before, Jay, this is the stretch to really do it before you face another great quarterback in Aaron Rodgers. Um, I find it fascinating that whatever he saw on tape, however he – Noticed he and his teammates practicing last week that he said 10 points. 10 points is the goal. And they got very close. Uh, they gave up 13, zero in the second half, and there were zero mental errors, which I think was the direct reflection of Tyron telling everybody, uh, we're we're able to stop them. Don't, don't give up any free plays. Don't give up any mistakes uh, that could give Washington momentum. And obviously I think Tyler Heineke – uh, struggled, but part of that was because they were able to get a little bit more pressure than usual. The Chiefs did not miss tackles. As you mentioned before, there was some lineup changes, a little bit more of Willie Gay. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, Juan Thornhill played every defensive snap. You wanted it, and you got it. And he Tyron's and, guy back there, safety tandem, yep. Juan Thornhill. Some, some snaps, it was Juan as the deep safety. Some snaps, it was Tyron. Uh, I assume... I anticipate that that made Tyler Heineke have to think a little bit more as to what the cover scheme was on the back end. So if the coaches like it, if the players don't find that it's a, you know, a stick or it's a gimmick or it's here we go again with Tyron, if they're fine with it, then yeah, use your voice, be inspirational and everybody Every now and then needs to get there. You know what's light on fire. Well, they, they they shook things up the only way they could at this point based, without yeah, based the trade on, deadline. Yeah, based on Put health Thorne and availability. Yes. Here's the thing with Juan Thorne or with Sorensen and stuff like that. Yeah, he's been a, he's been a great player with the Chiefs. He's made some memorable moments with the Chiefs. But I've always said this: football is like business. It's not what have you done in the past. It's what have you done lately. And what and you, what have you and, done lately has not been good. Right. And what are you going to do in the future that gives me confidence that we can keep relying on you, right? Um, business wants exponential growth year over year. But I was good two years ago, but I was good now. Uh, what, are you doing? what are you doing now? Yeah, so it was wise for, and we talked about this last week, Jay, for the Chiefs coaching staff to acknowledge their own faults, to acknowledge the roster that they have. Um, people have asked, and it makes total sense. Uh, I know Hunter reached out on Twitter earlier and asked me, you know, is there anything that I can do with the defensive line at the trade deadline? I don't really know. I don't really see it just because I don't think the Chiefs are going to give up. Here's your opening to talk about Whitney Merciless. Three sacks this year, 31 years old. We passed on a couple 31-year-olds in the offseason. I'm not one of these guys, anybody that gets cut, you you get the tweets. You just just bring them on? Yeah, right. He's $4.5 million for Whitney. I actually like his production. He's been great against the Chiefs. He's made some tackles, not sacks. Mm-hmm. But Whitney Merciless 
It's a guy good for five or six sacks a year usually. You, you, you but again, I just saying you're gonna get these Nate for yeah, winning. Yeah, I know. I just I don't love it. Um, and the biggest thing is they need Chris Jones to get healthy sooner rather than later with his. Left. You expect him this week? The Chiefs are hopeful that he will play against the Tennessee Titans based on his left wrist contusion. Um, it's been interesting to know that he has not practiced the last two weeks. So, yep. as I've said before and will continue to say, Andy Reid is old school to where you need to show him in practice where you are so that he can trust you on the field. Yeah, he's not about the Lawrence Taylor treatment Parcells used to give. No, he didn't he let him not. practice during the week, just play on game day. Not De- cut from the same claw. DeAndre Hopkins would be practicing if he was on this team. <laughs> okay? And DeAndre Hopkins... He don't practice, which tells you how phenomenal he is. Because you know he's on a he's on a regimented, uh, what, what do they call it in the NBA? Uh, load management. Load management schedule. Uh, that does not happen here. You can you can go back and forth. I'm sure the Chiefs will make a phone call um, to Merciless, which which makes sense, and we'll see where it goes. But I think the I think that I'm just going to try to tell fans in an optimistic manner. Uh, Chris Jones may have reached his potential. <laughs> Frank Clark may have already we may have already seen the best play out of Frank Clark. Tyron Matthew is a consistent player. Uh, sure, there may be a level or two that he could really get to. You know who can get better as the season goes along on this defense, Jay? It's all the young guys. It's all the guys twenty six or under. Talk about Dan and Naughty and Willie Gay. Willie Gay. Uh, Rashad Fenton's played well. Of late, Legereus Sneed is getting more experience playing on the outside and then sliding in in the nickel. I really like when he goes to the nickel. It, he can be one of the better pass rushers on this team as a nickel corner. Yes. He got four sacks last year and he let two of them go. He could add, mm-hmm. and if they started the nickel blitz early in the season, we could be looking at like seven, eight sack, which is ridiculous for a nickel corner. Yeah. But it could happen. But he's got the skill set to do it. Yeah, because he got four in a row at the end of the year. And I feel like what we saw in the second half was a lot of young guys, including Juan Thornhill, uh, getting to the speed, not having communication issues, which we talked about earlier this year, not making any real mistakes, and sure tackling, and just being 11 guys working together to make the quarterback really, really have to work. Now, were there some throws where Taylor Heineke missed? Of course, but that's what you want your defense to do. You want your defense to force the, the opposing quarterback to be at his absolute best for success. Um, and when that doesn't happen, take advantage of it. Obviously, Tershawn Wharton, second-year player. Uh, Mike Dana, second-year player. Willie Gay, second-year player. LeJayus Nee, second-year player. We have not seen the best version of them, but you want to hope that those guys continue to improve as the season goes along so that they can help support a healthy Chris Jones, if we get that. A more um, a more productive Frank Clark. Because he's you know he should have had a sack yesterday. And I can sort of see him getting, you know, a little bit more in the game shape and a little bit better in terms of obviously he not he he's setting the edge. I mean, he's he's one of the best defensive linemen at setting the edge, in my opinion. Um, and yeah, if Juan Thornhill can be the 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 Robin to Tyron Matthews Batman, um, then hey, maybe this defense can be average, which is again, all Chiefs fans are probably asking at this point. As many Chiefs fans are raising their Hands like Tyron. Can we just be average? <laughs> well, you need Sneed, Gay, Bolton, Wharton, Dana, Thornhill. You need all those guys to to get to get to a place where they are above average players. And then, as we saw 
The turnovers were not by Chris Jones. The turnovers were not by Frank Clark or Tyron Matthew. That was all young player led, um, and it helped them get the win yesterday. First round pick, offense or defense? You get the mention names. Just where are you? You get my receiver. You get an edge rusher. You get in corner. What, what are you doing? Offense or defense? Right now, I would say defense because okay. because uh, one of those guys from Georgia's got to be there at the late first round, right? I mean, they got Always like SEC, they got like baby. they got like eighteen first round picks, What's and, the they, and there's doing, not man? eleven. There's not eighteen guys on the field, but it certainly feels like it. <laughs> I mean, look, I I don't watch a lot of college football during the season because obviously I'm focused on the NFL. Jay, did you watch what they did to Kentucky? Yeah, I mean, the, cl- the closing speed. Their leading receivers are tied in, by the way, are true freshmen. Right? It's crazy. They don't. They they start quarterback. So hey, two man, quarterbacks. You don't have to, you don't have to play anymore. No, like, we'll find. Been a backup and yeah, just give us yeah. ten points and we'll handle yeah. the rest. I mean, there's got to be. If you're a Chiefs fan, I would encourage you to watch Georgia's defense. Yeah. Um, it is impressive, and one of those guys has to be available in the late twenties. They got DeAndre Baker, man. They got Georgia defense on here. Let's, we'll see what happens. Add to it. Nate Taylor at by Nate Taylor on Twitter. We're coming up, the uh, guy playing football right now on Monday Football, King Henry. The Chiefs face him next week. We discuss that next. You're listening to the Nate Taylor Show, Monday nights at 7 on your official broadcast partner of the Kansas City Chiefs, 610 Sports Radio. Welcome back to the Nate Taylor Show at by Nate Taylor on Twitter. Jay Binkley, Nate Taylor with you. Monday night football going on right now. The Titans and the Bills. The Titans will be a short week. Before they face the Kansas City Chiefs, the Bills up three to nothing this game. Nate, I'll ask you this: stopping King Henry. Let's not forget a couple years ago, King Henry had only had 100 yards rushing on the dot. Then they played the Chiefs. They got 188 and just exploded the rest of the season. Two regular season games against the Chiefs: 32 carries, 246 yards, 7.69 per. Four TDs in the playoffs. They faced him twice. 156 back in 2018. He only got 69, of course, in that game in 2019 and scored a touchdown. But, again, we know how this offense works. Lisa, listen, Tannehill puts up numbers and he gets compared sometimes to, with, with other quarterbacks with his numbers. Make no mistake about it. Patrick Mahomes would eat facing that eight-man front that King oh. Henry. He, he, <laughs> would, he would eat facing the defense, Tannehill. But... Can you they, imagine? they forced him. They forced Tannehill to beat him the last time. King Henry. What, what were you saying? Yeah, I mean, just just imagine if that keeps you up at night. If, if 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 Patrick Mahomes had Derrick Henry in the backfield oh, and geez. they could just go play action with Tyreek, who gonna stop gonna, with, with Tyreek Hill running deep posts, skinny posts, fades. I mean, whew. Um, you are correct. Uh, the tackling in the fourth quarter. Oh yes. How much are you willing to put your body, to wrap your arms around one of the hardest men to, to put down Better on the ground? Better the worst rush defense. That's the Chargers. Chiefs are 27th. But if the game is close on Sunday, it will be, can they wrap up? Can they limit the explosive plays of Derrick Henry and force Tannehill into clear third and eights, third and sevens? Hey, man, we know you're throwing the ball. Um, and then, obviously, Raleigh to whoever the ball carrier is and put them on the ground before they get to the line to gain. Um, this is going to be a great matchup because depending on how tonight's outcome goes between the Titans and the Bills, it will be back to a similar scenario that we saw with the Chiefs and Bills where both teams need the game. Like the Tennessee Titans, yes, they're in a subpar division, one could argue, given the Colts situation and the Jaguars. But the Titans – 
have not performed to their expectations yet. Uh, obviously, they have Julio Jones, but the Chiefs need to get into a rhythm of, hey, consistent victories, obviously improving upon what they did in the second half against Washington. So it'll be a fun matchup. And Byron Pringle has more uh, fantasy points than A.J. Brown, but mm-hmm. just saying. Hey, the, again, Tennessee, underwhelming. Uh, well, it's a difference of the Chiefs. It's, it's just big a game. It's different because the Chiefs are going to beat the Giants. This is the difference between the Chiefs that, facing yes. the Packers at four and four, five and three. Correct. And um, look, if you're five and three with Aaron Rodgers coming to town, uh, Arrowhead should be a rocking. So State Farm too. Oh, of course. I mean, State Farm. State Farm needs needs the Chiefs to be five and three. Let's just let's just admit it right now, Jay. They get the commercials ready, man. You they got that. him. They got him ready to yeah. go. And by that point, because they didn't get their Super Bowl with it. Yeah, and, and 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 again, by that point, I would I would imagine the Packers would have a very good record, or they would have maybe two. It'd be surprised if they had three losses. But Bakhtiari is soon to come back. Too. Yes, and their schedule gets a little bit tougher, but. Um, that's the game that we're all circling, but you still got to handle your business, go on the road, do it two weeks in a row. And again, one of the best ways to eliminate Derrick Henry is to get a 10 point lead before (laughs) halftime. Yeah. It's going to be Derrick Henry in the Kansas city chiefs show. One thing we do, uh, every week, Nate, real quick is the McAlee Hill award. Nobody talks about this, but you, me and you. We're the only two BD guys that really dwell on this each and every week. I'm pretty sure that I'm correct in this. I don't see any other Mac Lee Hill watch list. It's for the Chiefs Rookie of the Year. Yes. And because of the rookies playing this year, like Bolton, like Trey mm-hmm. Smith, like Creed Humphrey, Nate and I like to say who's the leader in the clubhouse. So I'll ask you, Bolton led the team in tackles again. The guy's sure tackling, but Creed Humphrey's doing his deal. But there was the bobbled snap. Don't know whose fault that was, Mahomes or Creed Humphrey. Trey Smith continues to do his deal. Nate, I ask you, who's the leader in the clubhouse? For the Mac Lee Hill Award. Uh, we may be getting to a point here in a few weeks where Nick Bolton leads the team in tackles. Okay. Uh, Is he I, number one this week? For this week, he gets the oh, honor. Nine tackles. Nick Bolton to the top. And people have top to, rope. And you have to remember, too, Anthony Hitchens uh, did not finish the game. He had a sore uh, right elbow injury. So Nick, Which we still know about. Yeah. So, you know, we'll see how... He is in practice this week if he's available. And the Hitches is one of the more durable guys on the team uh, since he joined in 2018. But Nick Bolton, nine tackles, uh, one tackle for loss. Again, uh, I didn't really see any major mistakes out of him. And it is the best defensive performance of the season, Jay, mm. because the youngsters, the kids, the kids are getting better. The kids, the kids are getting better. And, and Nick Bolton is obviously a part of that group. So for – Last night's game, I'm going to give it to him. I still think the leader in the clubhouse is probably either Trey Smith or Creed Humphrey, depending on your preference. But uh, a lot of credit yesterday for Nick Bolton stepping up when he needed to with uh, Anthony Hitchens I'm going down. right there with you. I like the way he ran back from the medical tent, got right back out. He's a sure tackler, man. A lot of his tackles, you don't see assists next to him. Mm-hmm. He brings them straight down. I like that. He's my leader in the clubhouse to this point. Nate, we got about 50 seconds. The uh, text line wants merciless. What says you, yes or no? I know we talked about this before, but are you at least calling and just checking You're it out? You're calling. Okay. I don't know if it'll happen, um, but merciless needs to find a team. And, you know, the Chiefs are always the team that says, hey, we can win with you. Come and join us. We'll see what happens. And it wouldn't hurt. It, say, it would not hurt. It, it can't get worse, it can't, Jay. It, can't, it, it can't. cannot get but worse. they're getting better. There's some progress. But Nate Taylor's going to be in Nashville. This weekend, Chiefs and Titans, the team that's playing right now, 
on Monday Night Football. Will they be tired? We'll find out next week on the Nate Taylor Show. Nate, enjoyed the show as always. It'll be podcast a little bit later. You can follow him on Twitter at ByNateTaylor. He'll have an article coming out here probably soon. Yes, sir. Please check us out. And, hey, let's see if we get a Music City victory next right. week. That's right. Red Reaction, Dusty Likens, Nick Price. Next.